Hello, I'm Brandon Martini, a commercial pilot and flight instructor. And I'm Carson Vasquez. I'm a private pilot. And you're listening to the Aviation Mentors Podcast, sponsored by Stratus Financial. So buckle up, because the Aviation Mentors are taking off. Today, we have a really special guest, uh, a good friend of mine. Uh, I want to welcome uh, Gemma Gugardi. Uh, Gemma is a friend of mine. I've known him for about five or six years now. We met in Southern California through a DPE that we both know. Uh, he's a commercial pilot. He's a CFI. He's a double I and an MEI. So he can train train just about anybody. He's got over 1,500 hours and he's type rated on a Cessna Citation and a Boeing 737, as well as an active CFI and ferry pilot. He has some amazing stories, and we're going to ask him some questions today, uh, find out a little bit about him and uh, what his journey has been like as a commercial pilot. Yeah, thanks for joining us today. Uh, It's really nice to meet you first off. And the first question that was one that we'd love to ask anyone that's on the podcast with us, what sparked your interest and your passion for aviation? Hi, thank you so much for inviting me. And then everything started for a childhood dream, of course. And Boeing 737 has been my dream airplane. So I studied about Boeing since I was in high school, year 2000. Start about 737, 200, 300 series. So I got, um, a, uh, you can say the FCOM like the AFM for that airplane from my captain in my country, Indonesia. So I learned about it, read the books, even before I taught the Cessna 172 that day. And I played in Microsoft Flight Simulator, bought the software. So it's all self-learning. And after, I guess, 22 years, um, I got my type rating inside the, uh, in, in 737 uh, about year 2021. So that's like a journey that I reached my de- dream after 21 years. That's awesome. Um, you know, I, I started with the Cessna 172, so I can't imagine starting reading about uh, something much, much larger. That's awesome. You know, I've thought about getting a 737 type just because you can go do it uh, when you go to uh, airline transport pilot school uh, to get your CTP done. So I might go do it. Just I want to go fly with you one day. I think that would be a blast. That would be so neat. But how did you start flight training? You said that you, you read the book on the 737 before before flight training, but obviously you couldn't really start flight training on the 737. Uh, so what did you train on and what was that experience like? And did you do it in the US or did you do it in Indonesia? I started everything in the flight simulator, of course, and then I got a joy flight. My first ever flying, touching the airplane with the Indonesian Navy. One of my um, best friend there took me fly with the Tobago that time that uh, tb10 i guess yeah and that was my first and then he took me with the bonanza and finally i fell in love with flying but 2004 i joined a flight school in indonesia but apparently my mom she didn't like me to fly she was afraid because he got a trauma and finally um, yeah she talked with my father and my father finally terminated my flight school back then in 2004 it was like a nightmare for me and finally i promised myself i'm gonna set up a business um i run a financial market business and i will get a money i will go for my own flight school and on the waiting period of time i don't have money i have to do a lot of work and it was like 13 years of waiting then i keep studying from the fa um, p hack and then flying handbook without knowing when i can be a pilot but I keep my spirit on and maybe God listened to me and uh, feel so bad with this young boy who got a dream, right? And 2016, finally, I got my private pilot license and instrument rating for 24 days straight. Yeah, because I was prepared for the whole year. So for me, it's, it's not hard to pass from a private instrument. So you're saying you did private and instrument in less than 30 days? 
Yes, it was in Venice. My examiner was uh, Greg Lewis. He passed away this uh, 2022. Uh, it's really sad. But yeah, that, that was uh, like a huge news in Venice area. But this Asian guy coming and then finish everything in 24 days straight. Yeah. That's incredible. What uh, what airplane did you train on to do it in 24 days? It's a Cessna 172N, uh, November 734 Echo Sierra. I still remember that, right? And then, yeah, I mean, I got maybe five or 6,000 hours in the flight simulator. For just uh, tracking the LS is just pretty easy for me, especially um, I did a lot of uh, simulator flight with the fat sim, if you know. So radio calm, everything is easy. But when I jump to the California, it's pretty hard to understand the radio calm. That was uh, one of my problems too. But yeah, we, we finished an accelerated program and I got it done in, in 24 days total. Yeah, that's pretty incredible to get it done in 24 days. I mean, I don't know. I think you're probably the only person I've ever met that's ever done it that quick. But that's a testament to how much a flight simulator actually helps. I know that I've met a lot of students and I've met like 16, 17 year old kids that just get started with flight training. And they actually, the ones that have been like learning to to fly in a flight sim since they were like 10, 11 years old, they are amazing pilots right off the bat. They know how to fly. They know how to land almost or, or sometimes they even know how to land. Uh, the radios normally aren't that good unless they've used some like some software that's prepped them. Uh, but they normally know how to fly the airplane. They know how flaps work. They know all the instruments. They know how everything works. They know where their scan needs to be, just like Gemma did. So I used to kind of poo-poo on the idea of using simulators, but I am sold after flying with several young kids, and I'm even more sold after hearing about Gemma's journey with uh, with using a flight sim uh, 24 days to get a, a private and instrument rating. That just sounds crazy to me. That is absolutely unheard of for me. Um, and just like Brandon, I, I've met an eight-year-old kid that really stood out. And he came in, uh, He I saw him, he was doing a demo flight. And he did everything perfectly. Uh, he was able to start the airplane and, and just taxi away. And he just needed a little bit of help reaching the pedals. But aside from that, he was able to nail everything. He had about a thousand hours, eight years old. He'd been flying it for like two years, just as long as he could. Um, and same idea as Gemma, you know, he was able to just hop in and do it. And I, I can't believe 24 days is that's crazy. Now, Carson, I want to know what your excuse is, because in the beginning of every episode, we talk about how you're a private pilot, right? Uh, Gemma did private and, and instrument in 24 days. And you're saying an eight year old uh, basically could outfly you already. So I'm kind of curious what's going on with you. What's taking you so long? <laughs> You know, I haven't applied for a loan from Stratus Financial yet. I think that's probably the big thing. <laughs> well, they sponsor us, so I think you should probably get on that, like ASAP. I absolutely should. Uh, so, Gemma, uh, what was it like getting a type rating in a 737? And you said when you got that rating, uh, type rating, you only had 1,300 hours. So most people here, at least, don't get the uh, their ATP until 1,500, and uh, type rating probably a little bit after that. So what was it like doing that? And... Uh, I have one more question after that you answer that one. Very interesting question. So if you talk about getting the FAA type rating, it's another different level with the other country like EAS or maybe you go for Australia. In here in the FAA, they're pretty fair. Even you're a private pilot with the multi-engine and instrument rating, you can go to the 142 training center, you can get a type rating. So my first ever jet type rating was when I, about 350 hours, I got my PIC in the real airplane for the Citation 5 series. So it was in Van Nuys. Um, I did it one with the um, corporate company there. Pretty much the the um, the owner 
like me and then he saw me flying and he said that hey you good pilot and i took my sic first and then uh, i talked to him hey the sic i don't really happy with it because it's not a complete license so can i get my pic after six months okay you can do it and then he sent me all manuals from the cae then um, i have to learn by myself then i took like seven days program in the airplane so i didn't touch the simulator that day and then i passed from um, the examiner was mark boss from from uh, van ice visto and it was really tough check right because we uh, have been evaluated based on the um, atp standard even though i'm the commercial so the faa would not care if you're a private pilot and you want to get the type rating so you will be evaluated under the standard acs of the atp they don't care so if you pass then you pass then you can get a type rating uh, eventually you're actually atp standard even though your license is private pilot or commercial pilot it was four approaches we did it in camario uh, i think oxnard and then back to burbank and van Nuys. so that that was the um, 2017 journey and i am i think i'm ready for to get a 737 because i have learned it for the whole 20 years then i rented um, the simulator before i go to florida for that so i rented about two session one session cost me about mm, two thousand five hundred dollars so i rented five thousand dollars two session is about eight hours in garuda indonesia one of the big uh, national career so i ran their same with my friend who company check pilot i want to get prepared before even i touch the real training so the first hassle is to land the airplane is pretty different i have to be able to land single engine or twin engine and then memorize all the memory items the limitations and then do approaches of course, and I got the materials because in, in the United States, it's very common on all 142 training center, you will do KJFK circle to land. So you will you will do localizer 04 right approach and then circle to 31 right. It's like 90 degrees circle. So if you take any type rating in the United States, you will get that check right. And that will be the hardest for, for doing that. And the best part for that check right is the oral will be about one and a half to two hours together with your pairing. So that will not be like one-on-one -on -one with the, the type uh, with the examiner okay and you will be both of you on the oral and the check rod will be also four hours two hours you're on the left seat and the other two hours on the right seat to support your uh, pic that's that's a thing and finally i i got done in um it's a 14 days program for the 737 it got four session in the full flight simulator for one session is about four hours so 16 hours and then we got uh, about two session on the non-motion non simulator we call that fixed base simulator and after that the check ride and after i got my 37 i go for the 737 max differences i went to shuttle um we we uh ran the one of the 142 ran the alaska airline uh, 737 max so i got my differences there so i'm good to fly 737 ng and classic and max so my first experience of flying 737 was i'm a ferry pilot i set up um a ferry company so we we fly from uh, indonesia to uh, united states that day with the 737 900 er so that's that was a crazy and amazing experience and the best part is what i learned when i got my seaplane uh, ratings it was in 2021 after, before i get a max i learned that when i become the seaplane pilot it helped me a lot with 737 landing especially when i practice the uh, glassy water landings that's really really helped to land on the big jets because the principle like holding the pitch and memorizing the visual reference on the dashboard is really helped so yeah
It sounds like all my icon time, even though it only goes 85, <laughs> is going to help me with a 7.3 rating. I like that. Oh, I have a question, actually. Uh, since you did get a, uh, a Max type, obviously everyone's heard about uh, the the 737 Maxes that have, have gone down kind of all over the world, uh, unfortunately. And that was due to a trim runaway issue. Uh, did they focus a ton on that in training? And do you think they have it right nowadays with their trip with their uh, trim runaway procedures uh, to make sure that never happens again in a commercial aircraft? Yeah, when we were in the training, they really big on the MCAS system because they upgrade the software. But basically, for the runway trim stabilizer, the, pro- the main procedures is you have to disconnect everything. There's a memory atom on that. And then you have to disconnect the step trim. So we call that the step trim cutout. The main thing why it happened in the first big accident, it was in my country, Lion Air. And then following by the Ethiopian, then everybody banned the 737 MAX, right? Uh, the main problem is they never get get a procedure or they never get informed that the MCAS was there and you have to disconnect everything. So that's what the hard part. But like one day before the accidents, the other pilot who flew the Lion Air, um, there are three pilots. One was observer because they had that heading coming home. He was saved the whole airplane because he think that, hey, we need to um, turn off the uh, step team cut out, right? And then executed that and finally the airplane back to normal. So in that training, they introduced us about the new system of the software in the MCAS system and how we override that if that happened again. So I may have another 737 MAX flying in the next month. So that will be really, really uh, interested to really flying the MAX and hopefully everything goes well. That's cool. It's exciting. Uh, I remember watching that documentary about 737 MAX um, and everything that happened with it. So it's going to be an interesting training, too. And you said you fly from the United States to Indonesia. So what's that? What's it like doing the uh, your first trans-Pacific flight? Um, you said you went from Indonesia to San Bernardino, California. So what was that like? How long was it? Tell me about it. That was my first experience. So I was a ferry pilot since 2019. I, I flew like a Cirrus SR-20 from Malaysia to Gold Coast, Australia, through the Indian Ocean. Yeah, and I don't think I'm, I'm going to do that again, like in in, in little single-engine piston. So I upgrade myself. Uh, I set up a ferry company. And then last year, we got almost 29 airplanes, 737-900ER from Lion Air Group, pulled out by the leaser company, and then Delta bought it all. So if you hear Delta Airline bought all, that's who, that's we uh, delivered that from Indonesia, from Malaysia, back to San Bernardino and stories there. So it was a very long flight. It's only both of us in the cockpit. I have to learn how to operate the oven. And then, yeah, and then we have to switch around. So eight hours from Jakarta to Guam is about seven hours. And then we lay over for three hours, four hours, and then continue to Honolulu. So about eight hours is under part 91 operation anyway. And then and we lay over for night and the next day we go to San Bernardino. So it's all about 16 hours total. And we've done it like bunch. So it's 20 plus airplane that time. Wow. That is a long flight. Um, being the pilot and the flight attendant for you too as well. <laughs> yeah, that must have been uh, nerve wracking. Unfortunately, no one was able to go get your meal for you, huh? <laughs> Um, our last question of the day are, what are your goals in aviation? You've already hit some pretty cool ones, uh, like ferrying 737s, uh, literally around half of the world. <laughs> uh, but uh, what are your goals in aviation? What do you, where do you see yourself going in the future uh, with, with your aviation goals? And, and tell us a little about that. 
I'm really proud of United States aviation. I really want that my country got a good development in the aviation. So I learned as much as I can from America. I learned how to be a good pilot, safe pilot. I learned from Brandon, from other people more senior than me. Then hopefully one day I can develop better ecosystem of aviation in my country. I want to become examiner, at least the inspector of my DGCA. So that's my goal because um, that's the only way for me to to improve whatever happened now in my country because Indonesia is only like 70 plus years. America is how, how long is that? Like, you know, it's more than one century for aviation. So we should learn. And I like to fly around the world. So I just buying my Baron. So I hope that I can fly around Asia with the Baron. I can enjoy the view, take my families flying and then fly more jets with me. So I also uh, buying the simulator 737 MAX is um, the AATD, but it's near to the EASA FTD standard. I put it on my house. So I set up third floor for my 37 MAX. Uh, I want to keep study about the 737. And then maybe one day I will upgrade to the white body. I'm aiming for a 777. That's my another favorite level. So yeah, I hope I can learn more from United States and people here give me a chance to become a better and safer pilot. That's phenomenal. And those are really just, Awesome goals. Uh, it's it's really cool seeing you go from seven thirty seven on the simulator um, when you're younger now to flying them, ferrying them. Uh, that's really awesome. The real ones, yeah. And it's just so cool. Uh, I really think Emma is just a testament to study at home, uh, self study, even play in the flight simulator, Microsoft uh, flight simulator. And I really just think that he just kind of pounded that point home. You need to study on your own, and studying on your own is going to get you more prepared than anything else can. Yeah, really did. And uh, I, he's really kind of an inspiration to a lot of us uh, on on what's possible in the world. I mean, he came uh, growing up where he couldn't afford flight training. He figured it out. He went above and beyond. He made sure that he was prepped and ready for the day that he could afford it. Once he could, he just went all out uh, and made his dreams happen, which is really, really cool. Gives me goosebumps thinking about it and talking about it as as I say that right now, uh, because I remember uh, using credit cards like crazy just to get my private pilot certificate because I couldn't afford it. And uh, and luckily nowadays I can afford things like the icon. So if you keep your eye on the goal, uh, you can uh, you can obtain anything you want to do. I mean, you literally can. I want to say thank you again to Gemma for being here today and making this podcast even more special than it is uh, already. Uh, but as uh, as we all know, if you'd like to reach out to either one of us, uh, you can reach us at Twitter or Instagram for Carson. It's at Carson underscore AV17. And for me, it's at Mr. Martini Guy. Yeah, thanks for being on with us, Gemma. I really appreciate it. It's been awesome. And as a wrap up for the day, remember, we're here to guide you in your aviation journey. So fly safe and enjoy the ride. <laughs>